Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to the Tsunaris Podcast. I'm your co-host Timmy Long, and here we have James Leonard. Hi Tim. Happy Easter. Right, today we've two very special guests. We have Alex Cooney and Georgie Cooney. They both work for a charity by the name of Cyber Safe Bullying. I bet to get that right. Cyber Safe Kids. Cyber Safe Kids, yeah. sorry. And uh, Alex is the co-founder and the CEO and Georgie is one of the trainers. So can you tell us a little bit about how the charity started and now we'll get into what you do. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we set up the charity six and a half years ago. So September 2015. And it was really focused on children and equipping children for the online world. So our, our mission was to help them navigate uh, the online world safely and uh, in a smart way. And we wanted to work with parents and educators and pretty much anyone working with children because we saw how important they were mm. as kind of uh, conduits to children. What we feel is that children just are not being sufficiently well prepared for mm. the online world, and yet they have huge access to it. So we yeah. start young. So we, we're in primary schools. We're talking to kids aged between eight and 13, and we're talking to their parents and their teachers, mm. as well as lots of other social workers, foster carers, and so on. We've spoken to 36,500 children to date, uh, aged between eight and 13, and we gather data as well. So every year we publish a report, which gives the kind of trends and usage of children children in this age group. Mm. So for example, last year's report, we know that 93% of children in that age group, aged 8 to 12, have their own smart device. So uh, tablets, games consoles, smartphones are the, are the three most popular. We know that 84% of them were signed up to at least one social media account. So we know that they're very active online users. Yeah. They're very engaged. They're very enthusiastic about it. There's loads of exciting opportunities. I think we saw that through the COVID lockdown as well. Yeah. But there are risks and there are challenges. And that's why we're here. We want to mitigate against those risks as much as possible by equipping kids with these skills, but also their parents and carers and educators. Mm. And what are some of the, the things that, that are really happening that are very, very evident these days? Is it getting worse? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, lock, lockdown definitely exacerbated some of the, the more negative trends. But the things we need to worry about are, are on a kind of day-to-day -day level, children just sharing too much information about their personal lives, you know, mm. so their names, their addresses, where they go to school, you know, all of this information being shared in this open forum, you know, so unless their accounts are really locked down to just private, just friends only. And again, we know from our data that that's not always happening. About a third of the kids that we spoke to had friends and followers on social media accounts that they didn't know. So for example, um, so they're sharing too much information about themselves that could then impact them in their future lives. Uh, or make them vulnerable in some way. 
Um, cyberbullying is a big concern. So that's happening in a lot of schools. Um, most teachers have dealt with at least one incident. In fact, most of them are dealing with like at least, at least two or three yeah. incidents mm-hmm. in the school year. So it's really impacting on the dynamic in the classroom. And then we've got kind of impacts on health and well-being. So children not getting enough sleep, coming into the classroom tired, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fallouts over games and so on. And then you've got this other stuff like online grooming and extortion, which is the really scary end of the spectrum. And it's there that we saw some really I suppose, scary increases during lockdown. So a huge increase in child sexual abuse material online, a huge increase in on what we what were called online enticement reports. So contact by strangers to children to try and, um, you know, f- form friendships or gather material. Uh, so, you know, there's loads of positive ways and things about children being online and huge opportunity. And it's a different world, obviously, that our children are growing up in than the one we grew up in. But, we equally need to prepare children mm. for that and, you know, ensure that they're equipped so that if uh, they come across things on, online or if someone makes contact with them, for example, that they know to, to talk to a trusted adult. So these are kind of some of the messages that we're trying to get mm. across to children, but also to wider society because, you know, we've got to make these changes and mm. national legislation, legislation. So we're also campaigning for tighter legislation stronger accountability so that the likes of you know the big social media companies the big gaming companies that they also are taking huge responsibility for what's happening on their platforms uh, and that they are as safe as possible for a child to be you know because we know like a lot of these platforms are hugely popular with kids a lot of the platforms that are based here in ireland have their headquarters here hugely popular with children Uh, and often they're under the minimum age restriction which is in most cases 13 you know, and we're largely gathering data on eight to twelve-year-olds, and mm. you know, we know that they're accessing. Is, is yeah. it a is it a problem for um? You know, because this digital age has just happened so much has happened in the last ten to fifteen years. Like, if you, it's not uncommon out to see a toddler two three years of age swiping a tablet, mm. going through YouTube, where maybe the mother or the grandmother wouldn't have a clue what to do. So, is it a problem that? The, the parents just aren't aware of the dangers. They don't. They don't understand like that. They might think, um, "Oh, gaming on the PlayStation is safe." At least he's not on Facebook. So, but you can be contacted through messaging on that too. So, is it like we can provide cyber um, safety for kids, but it's only as strong as the the parent if the, if it's enforced. If the parents has that awareness too. So, we're launching a campaign tomorrow, actually, which is called "Same Rules Apply." And what we're trying to convey through that campaign, and we're hoping we can build on it over time, is that, you know, there are loads of protections that we put in place for children in their best interests in the offline world. You know, they can't drink, they can't drive, they can't smoke, they, you know, and then we teach them to ride a bicycle, we teach them how to swim, we're preparing them Mm. for the world that they're going to encounter. We, you know, we want them to have that independence, we want them to be able to go out and swim with their friends or go out on the bike with their friends. And we know as parents and carers and educators, we're, we're going to have to do that. The, the legwork, the preparation to, to enable them to make the most of those opportunities. It's the same online. Mm. We, we really need to think, I think, as a society about what children are, you know, the, the, the fact that they are online and the things that we're going to need to put in place to ensure that they can have the most positive experiences possible online. I think there's a real uh, gap between 
what children are doing and what parents know. So, you know, mm. and there's also a convenience to it, right? And, I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm as guilty yeah. as a parent of that as anyone. Give you them know, the tablet to keep the them quiet. The kids are quiet, right. Yeah. I need to finish a piece of work or I need to get dinner on. So you you know that you, you can mm. stick them in front of something and it'll keep them quiet. And I think that the day, the, the challenge with that is that, you know, of course you can do it and we all do it, but it's about trying to keep on top of what, what are they watching? What are they doing? Who are they talking to? All these questions, you know, ideally avoiding allowing them, especially when they're young. I'm not talking about, you know, teenagers and older teenagers, you're going to have to allow a degree of independence and privacy there, but especially younger children, because we know so many young kids who are active online in bedrooms late at night, you know, even in my own daughter's peer group, like that she'll be getting messages that have come in, like she won't see them till the next morning, but they're coming in at one or two o'clock in the morning. That means those children are going to bed with those phones. And these are primary school age children. Mm. So it's, it is a real challenge. It's yes, there is a convenience to it, but we still have a responsibility as a society. And I'm not just putting, I think an awful lot of responsibility goes on parents, but actually it's much broader than that. It's yeah. Parents, educators, lawmakers, industry, we have this shared responsibility to ensure that children can make the most of the fantastic opportunities that none of us had growing yeah. up, but that they are equipped, they're prepared and they're protected when they need to be. Um, because that's also, you know, things will go wrong mm. online. Yeah. We're not going to be able to prevent every bad thing happening. So what we need to ensure is that the, the child at the center of that is, is as best protected mm. as possible at that time, you know? Is it, um, do you think that internet addiction is going to become a, a big problem down the line? Well, it's already been yeah. recognized by the WHO yeah. as, so gaming addiction specifically. Mm. And then the NHS kind of followed suit and set up addiction clinics. So I think they have a couple of addiction clinics in the UK. And it's tough because, you know, we use that word addiction and, and, and actually what we mean in most cases is, you know, we, it's very hard to distract, well, all of us actually, yeah. but young people in particular, you see them walking around town, right? Just like, you know, they're, yeah. they're crossing the street, like cars are coming yeah. and they're still like totally glued to their devices. So I think addiction is, is something very extreme. It's when literally all of your normal day-to-day -day functions are being interrupted. Your sleep is being interrupted with your healthy eating and exercise and your face-to-face mm. -face social opportunities, which are so important, yeah. especially for young people growing up. You know, all of those things are interrupted because you literally cannot step away from the device, your, the game. You don't want to drop the game. I mean, I've even heard about people wearing adult nappies to play games because yeah. they don't oh want to take God. the time out to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. So there's the That extreme. must be a good game. <laughs> that must be a very good game. There's the extreme. But yeah. but day to day, um, and we were actually chatting about this before we started, but we have to realize that there's a lot of applications on our devices that are designed to hold our time and attention. Yeah. And our kids are grappling with that. We're grappling with that. You know, I don't know about you, but there are times yeah. where I find it hard totally. to put down the phone yeah, or to, yeah. you know, that desire. I just want to send this text or I just want to finish the email or I just want to keep scrolling. You yeah. know, these we are, you know, really yeah. trying to battle. So I think we need to put more onus on the designers of this technology. We need to put more uh you know, things and many things in place to kind of put the checks and balances. So I'm not, not expressing this very well, but to put the checks and balances in place, you know, so that really question, is this how we want it to be? Do it, mm. is this, is this okay that technology can, you know, manipulate us in this way? Do we, do we want these checks and balances? You know, yeah. like, mm. and this is what the social dilemma was about, right? <clears throat> the, the uh, documentary, I'm sure a yeah. lot of your listeners have, have seen it. It's, it's really gripping, but the guys behind that, you know, they were all, 
designers for the yeah. likes of Google and, and Facebook, you know, and they realized that there was something wrong here and, and actually they felt responsible and, you know, they didn't want to be part of that. They, so they've come out since and said, let's use technology for good. Mm. Let's, let's right. really mm. challenge this and, and, and make this a better place for all of us to be, you know? Um, and I think it's really important we start to answer some of these questions and put these guardrails in place before the next iteration, you know, the, the likes of the metaverse become a reality mm. because it's going to be extremely hard to keep our kids. You know, that's where they're going to want to be. Do you think it's going to be possible to regulate big companies like Facebook and Google? Um, because if they make so much money off of the fact that we need to keep scrolling, and then there's some of the best scientists and psychologists in the world employed to come up with uh, intuitive and creative ways to keep us scrolling, like does that make your job, like you're going up against juggernauts in the industry, in the tech industry, but do you think that change will come? Well, it is coming. Whether it will be strong enough is the, the next question. So we have a bill in Ireland called the Online Safety and Media Regulation Bill, which sits in uh, Catherine Mar Martin's department. And that is likely to become law, um, you know, even as early as before the end of this year. Brilliant. And that, in theory, is going to regulate uh, the online service providers and ensure that harmful content is addressed, right? So this mm. is key. Like, well, first of all, there's this tricky area of what is harmful content, right? Illegal is easy, you know, like we know what's illegal, you know, a, a, a sexual image of a child is illegal and needs to be removed and everyone's mm. clear on those on those boundaries. But harmful is harder because it's often subjective, you know, mm. like, well, so somebody was bullied, but the person who bullied said, well, I was joking. I didn't know they were going to take it. You know, so it's, it yeah. is a trickier area to, to manage. Um, but nonetheless, just because these things are hard to navigate and new, it doesn't mean we don't try and we don't start and that it may have to evolve mm. as this all, as this world evolves. But it does need to be robust and it does need to have teeth. Uh, otherwise it's, it's going to be a waste of everybody's money, you know? Yeah. So like what we want is that it, it provides the incentive that it needs to provide. We host a lot of the headquarters of the big companies, the big names here in we Ireland. Do, we do, yeah. So we have that, I think, additional responsibility to ensure that they are accountable when mm. things go wrong, mm. you know, and uh, there is accountability put in all yeah. the right places. Do you think that, um, like, a big problem, obviously, with social media is the trolling, mm -hmm. you know, anonymous accounts, fake names, no profile, but mm. you can set up as many as you want. Do you think that if to open up a Twitter account or a Facebook account, ID verification, one account for one person. Do you think that that would be a way of resolving that trolling problem? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and there's been talk of this recently, actually, um, in, in the news. I think Sinn Féin's been uh, proposing yeah. a motion to address kind of anonymous accounts. And that for sure, they have been really problematic. And, you know, things like bullying and, um, you know, it, it can inciting, be very difficult. Inciting hatred and, and yeah. racism and, you know, and conspiracy people, theories and stuff right, like that. And people hiding behind these yeah. these fake names and the uh, and fake accounts. And and I think that you, you remove some of that kind of fear of, oh, well, I can say whatever I want exactly. because nobody's going to know who it is, which is shocking. But the challenge with it, and this is where it's going to be difficult to get the balance right, is, you know, that ability to post anonymously can be absolutely vital uh, mm. in some cases. So if you're living in a, an oppressive regime uh, and you know that the government is tracking and, you know, like we, we, well, I won't cite cases, but we've all heard in recent years yeah. where governments have tracked through photographs, through social media posts, people that they think are subverting, you know, the, uh, yeah. the, the, the peaceful. Like Saudi uh, Arabia. Mm. <laughs> I, I can say it. I, well, there, are, there are lots of 
lots of examples. Yeah. And yeah. that's the balance. How do we keep that? How do we protect those people who are so bravely speaking out or trying to speak out or trying to share mm. truth? And against this really darker side of, of people. And then you've got the dark net on top of that, where yeah. people, where there is so little accountability, you know, like you can't Complete track IP addresses, right? So, you know, you make law enforcement's job so much harder. There's so much illegal activity going on. For example, pedophile rings, which yeah. we know are alive and active yeah. and, and, and operating in the dark net and are being tracked, but are extremely difficult to, you know, really. There's a website, uh, which I have never used. <laughs> called the pirate bay the swedish lads set up this website where there's torrent movies Mm. so if a movie comes out it goes up on the website and you download it legally right but um no matter what the police do it just moves to another like that site will never be gone Mm. it it can never be gone because it's open source and people can just set it up in other countries and other jurisdictions and they like the lads are from sweden but like and if you close down the site it just opens up again dot org dot uk dot net and so like is it an impossible job to close down sites like that or maybe targeting specific sites is probably only part of it but maybe maybe addressing like why would you want to set up a trolling account in the first place like what is it about well they're trying to bypass the kind of mainstream they don't you know like ordinarily we have to pay for those movies or go to the cinema or wait till they get to hit dvd and then pay you know 12 20 euro to, to to access that movie so it's a way of bypassing yeah but i think yeah we make we make it we make law enforcement's job really difficult um by doing those things and you know i've heard of of cases where like where they've managed to kind of identify key people in for example pedophile rings yeah so there was i I read about a case in uh, in australia and it was an international ring and but it was months and months and months of really detail police work because you can't use the technology in the same way you can't just track them back to this laptop you know it's it's designed to completely mess around with all of that so they had to wait basically for those people to make a slip and then and eventually they did we're humans we do make um, do errors but it's extremely and that's just one ring and you know there were 500 people in this ring you know that's two people in that ring. Now they were central. So that was, mm. you know, it essentially kind of disintegrated that ring, but still yeah. it is extremely uh, consuming So what's work. some of the trend, right? I'm going to introduce Georgia yeah, and she's just going to tell us a little bit about herself. So what's some of the training? So introduce yourself first, Georgie, and sure. tell us what some of the training So I'm is. Georgie Cooney. So I'm Alex's sister. Yeah. Um, and I, so one of my jobs is that I, I am a trainer for cyber safe kids. So I will go into schools and I will um, train the children and the teachers at the same time, but I, I can also do talks for the parents like many of the other trainers. And um, I suppose what we go in to do is to really try and give the children skills yeah. to protect themselves. So we remind them, for example, of how they can change their settings to, you know, to make sure their private settings and how they they can also check their location settings are off because a lot of them when they they start these new devices or what have you they um they often don't realize they're set to public yeah. so they're immediately out there and we say look it's like the same thing as going out in the street and saying hey this is me look at me look at me look at all my private life and um and it's quite interesting actually how some of the some of the questions they are some of the answers you're given as well you know if i said you know raise your hands if you have a phone in third class 
you know, quite majority of them already have a phone mm. and they, you know, we put up the icons on the screen. Do you know what any of these are? And they'll know all of these social media icons, house party, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. And, you know, some of these ones um, are open to the public and, you know, they can be contacted by people and it is, it's pretty, it's quite terrifying actually, some of the things that you, you hear, but it's a positive thing what we're trying to do. We're trying exactly, to go yeah. in there and get and and say to them, look, there is all of this stuff going on, but actually here are some ideas of how you can protect yourself. So you can have a phone. We know you've got a phone. Have a phone, but also live a healthy life with this phone. And you have to be subtle as well in the way you're saying it because kids are happy and they're playing. They right. don't understand what what's out there really and how, how people can really... Well, this is it. Because I think a lot of them actually will... They have all the right answers, but I don't think they always know the depth to, to mm. those answers. And um, so one of my other jobs is that I'm, I'm a dyslexia specialist. So I'm the court coordinator of the Dyslexia Association of Ireland. And a lot of uh, children I work with, you know, have some language and literacy difficulties. Yeah. And... When it comes to the internet, that can be that can put them in a really vulnerable place, um, particularly with this idea that you know they can read things. Anyone can read things mm. and misinterpret what it's meaning. Yeah. Um, and so we have to look at you know some of the the language levels here and, and work on you know the fact that you don't get the the subtle nuances over a text, whereas you can do in a in a conversation because yeah. so much. Of the work we, you know, it's multi-sensory what I do. So it's mm. visual, it's, it's you know, listening and hearing and, and trying to help them develop their their language levels and then their literacy uh, levels. So so it's all kind of combined, you yeah. know, the work that I do with CyberSafe Kids, but it's, um, it, it's just so important that mm. we try and help these children who are more vulnerable, but, but all children too, you know. What about, the, the, like, uh, this is, I don't know, it's nothing to do with adults, like, but... We all know what goes on with social media. A lot of women, they send pictures, nude pictures of themselves right. to, to, to men or boyfriends. Sometimes and vice they might, versa. Exactly. exactly yeah. yeah. Sometimes they might be pressured into it and sometimes coerced into it or whatever it may be. Do you get many calls from young people saying because of these things and then the picture might have gone on to the friends and the next friends and then it's gone on to the community? Like the consequences of that, especially for a, a young, young person in their teens or whatever like what are the consequences of that on a personal level like well i i'll, I'll just give one bit of yeah. information there but the only thing i'd say is that a lot of them don't realize that if they share someone else's personal information that they sent them without their permission then what they're doing is is a form of cyber bullying mm. um and also can get them into some serious trouble okay uh, to a legal point but i'll, I'll let you take yeah. over from yeah, well, yeah. so now it is illegal okay. to share intimate images. Um, that is since when? Uh, since Alex? 2021. 2021. So, so last year, it was that Coco's Law was introduced, and the formal name of it is the Harassment, Harmful Communications and Related Offences Bill. And that's for everybody across the board. Yeah. Not just children. No, no, everybody. Everybody, everybody yeah. And it's, in well, actually... Because intimate images of children are already illegal, mm. that was clear. That was already an offence. Yeah. Um, this is for everybody, which is mm. what makes a difference. So, you know, if it's, uh, uh, you know, one adult sharing intimate images of another, then, you know, that could potentially end them up in court. Or um, prison. And, and yeah, exactly. Or with a fine or whatever, because it can be with the intention to cause harm 
or even without the intention to cause harm. So you could say, oh, well, I just sent it to this one person because, yeah. you know, I trusted them. Doesn't and matter the motivation. No. Do, it doesn't no. matter. Now, the, the, I right. think the, the, the penalties are less yeah. if it was, if you can prove that there was no intention to cause harm. Just the revenge porn. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And really, really important. I mean, such a gap, right? Like when we know so many uh, images are self-produced by, by in some cases, children. And, uh, uh, you, yeah. know, a lot, you know, a lot of us are using our devices in, in this way. And in fact, we have quite high, high levels of sexting mm-hmm. in Ireland, uh, you know, versus Europe. So we have you know, the highest, don't we? In well, really? yeah, the, yeah. I, I'm yeah. always kind of dubious, but yeah, supposedly we do have the highest levels of sexting. So, you know, and it's a difficult one again to navigate. And especially when you're talking to young people, because, you know, in some senses it is a natural exploration of their mm. sexuality. You know, it's just another, it's an extension of it. And, you know, at least they can't get pregnant. Right. You know, yeah, so that there are, but it's all around these, the, the consequences, like, where could this go? Do do you really trust that this person will not? Because, you know, you could fall out yeah. with so-and-so or, you know, it could go, or someone else can get hold of it. You know, like yeah. the, the, that, I, one of the big messages, and obviously we're not talking about sexual images with young children, but yeah. about anything, the idea of, that you might lose control, like it could be just something you're not comfortable being out there. It may, it may not be a sexual image at all. It may just be a provocative image or a mean image. Or, or a screenshot of a textual sent or something yeah, like that. Right, could be, yeah, could be anything, but that's the point. And actually we had quite an interesting insight into kind of ch- the way children think. We, we did a, a focus group with uh, a group of kids a couple of years ago. And we were trying to talk about this idea that, you know, when you post stuff on things like YouTube, that, that you know, the audience, if you don't have it on a private kind of set to a private, you're potentially sharing it with this huge audience, yeah. right? So we said to them, okay, if you say you made a video of yourself, just you in your bedroom, not, not doing anything, to, you know, just, but it was just you chatting to the camera, say, you, you, you have the choice of saving it to a USB stick and giving it to one stranger in the street, right? Or posting it to your YouTube account. And as I said, we know most kids are not using privacy settings, right, on on YouTube. And all of them, without question, really quick reaction, like, oh, no, I'm not going to give my, like a USB stick to one. I don't know the person I'm handing it to. Why would I give it to them? And I said, well, why do you think you've got more control over the one you're posting to YouTube? Mm -hmm. They really strongly felt they did. They thought, well, I can, I can take it down. I can, I can change it. I can, you know, they really did. And, And we were like, but do you not see that there's potentially thousands of strangers mm. looking at that same video? It's the same video, but it was really difficult. And it really brought home to us how much harder we're going to have to work mm. to get this across. And, you know, like Georgie was saying earlier around, you know, they know it, but they're not always applying it. Mm. So you'll, you'll ask a group of kids, you know, should you be friends with people you don't know online? You don't know offline. And, They'll all be like, no, you shouldn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then later on in the conversation, you'll talk about social media maybe, and you'll say, well, do any of you have friends or followers on your accounts that you don't know? And there'll always be a proportion of children, maybe yeah. a third, who say, yeah. And they'll often say yeah. that it's it's a friend of a friend. Oh, yeah, my so friend's friend. It's friends mostly exactly. a friend of yeah. a friend. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. to them, that is safer. It's one step right. closer. Yeah. But the reality is a friend of a friend, you don't know them. Mm-hmm. You don't know them. Yeah. And that's not to suggest every single encounter with someone you don't know online is sinister. But the point is, it, it, unless we know for sure who this person is, it's really. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Better that uh, we're not. Um, are we going up against like the fundamentals of human growth and development where when you're an adolescent, you don't have the foresight to abstract thoughts, to play the long game, to like a consequence of giving you a speech stick to a stranger. I can get that because I'm doing it right now. But if I create a video, put it up on YouTube, and somebody out on the internet sees it in time, that's very hard to get your head around that when you're a teenager. Totally. And I think that some of yeah. them, particularly in the primary schools, they don't, they don't believe that they're friends would do that they don't think that would happen Mm, they're just like oh but my friend wouldn't do that and it's and you sort of say well look they may not do it on purpose but you can do it by mistake because you think it's funny you send it to your brother your brother thinks it's funny Mm. he sends it on next thing you know it's gone viral but also the potential of that audience to be people that you know you don't know or i think that concept of this big audience where this stuff could go it's really hard for a kid to to digest yeah and also data privacy these are hard concepts you know Mm. for for, we don't we how many of us tick the box yeah yeah. it seems like as an adult that has some awareness around what we're talking about it's so it's so much easier to just accept all the time accept that you know what google has all my information but how am i going to resist it like i need my gmail i need my google don't have time yeah Yeah. i need youtube like what we do is a big part of all that communications stuff like that so how can you resist that you know um but one thing i wanted to ask you there i was thinking do you know when you get a whatsapp photo and men are notorious for this, especially men in groups. Pornography can be sent into the group. And sometimes uh, you might know, but the, maybe the person is underage, and, and, but it looks like a woman, but mm. it's really a girl. Mm. And sometimes the photos, depending on your sentence, that can be uploaded to your Google Photos were restored permanently in your- On the device, yeah. yeah. Is it illegal to hold that image? Yeah. yeah. Unknomally? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's illegal to hold the image and it's illegal to share the image. And actually, this is something we say to kids mm-hmm. as well, because I don't think, you know, it's well understood generally that, that, that that's the case. You know, people have been prosecuted. That yeah. I, I don't think children, I don't think that would be the intention of the guards to, to prosecute kids, yeah. but it's really important that they understand, you know, and especially now that we have this piece of legislation here, 
how serious this can be. And if it's an mm-hmm. image of a child, we didn't even need that. You know, that was already illegal. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it is really serious. Yeah. But the, con- the consequence of something like that then for a child, say a teenager, whoever that sends that photograph, right? We, we all, we all know what happens. Somebody goes to court and might get a fine. They may get a prison sentence, but the person that owns the image that's gone up online, like they could potentially take their own life because they mightn't be able to handle the yeah. shame of it, the guilt or whatever it may be. They might start. Yeah. Their mental health might completely deteriorate. Yeah. We all know. Like I, I watched a film there recently of, of, um, a girl in the US. Can't remember her name. Something Todd? Like, was was it, it Amanda Todd? Maybe. It, it was about she showed her boobs to some guy. Yeah. And she went away and took her own life. No, she was on, she was a vegetable on the bed. It was, and uh, I was looking at that and I have a daughter who's 15 years of age. And I'm looking at the father who's planning in, the, in this film. He's planning to kill this guy that, that put the picture up on social right. media. And I could completely 100% understand why this man wanted to take this fella's life yeah. because he's inside in this room looking at his daughter laying there in yeah. a coma. She's dead. She's a vegetable. And because of what this guy done, she thought she was, they were friendly and he posted it on the college campus website or whatever. And it destroyed her mm-hmm. completely. And um, she took an overdose. Like that must be happening very, very, very fre- frequently because this is happening a lot. Mm. Like females and males are sending pictures of themselves across the board into groups, mm-hmm. you know, thinking that they'll be, accepted by one single person but then a group gets it and they send it and they don't understand the consequences like we all yeah. do here of something like that because they're young and well, on the other on the other end of it then i think i remember and you might be aware of i think i remember a court case a few years ago where the guy was prosecuted for having an image of a child in his phone but it was in a whatsapp group that's what i was getting at a while it yeah. was in a whatsapp group he didn't send it he received it and it stayed in his phone but he's a sex offender then yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 very difficult and like that, that's what you're prosecuted under, like the sex. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it it's very difficult. But uh, equally it's become there is you know, and again you talk to the guards, like this the self generated images has become so overwhelming and so problematic that you know, it's, we're, they're firefighting essentially. And, you know, trying to find kind of real victims in this case, you know, maybe children that were being manipulated into sending those images or children where that image went viral, mm. you know, that's, those are the priority cases, uh, but it can be very difficult. And you're absolutely right. For some kids, it can be absolutely mm. dev, you know, devastating yeah. end of, end of lifestyle. So what I think is really important is that we put for when those things go really wrong, mm. that we have the right, support structures in place and can minimize the harm to the child. There was a great resource in the UK. So this was, um, that was produced and it's called, so you got naked online. And I, and I love it because straight away from that title, it takes away from the horror of what's happened. You know, it's just, you know, you're not the only one, you're not the only Mm -hmm. one, you know, this stuff happens, your life will go on after this, you know, it doesn't need to ruin you, you know? And I think that's a really important message. Um, you know, I think also we need to get this message across to kids. Should, should it be introduced into the curriculum in, in secondary schools? 
you know, because when they're in primary kids, like what we're talking about here, the understanding of the damages of social media and, and posting, like, yeah. should there be some form of class that kids can take? It's very to, hard to make an argument against that. Do you know? Right. Because, like, the way we're going, it's taken completely over society. Let's be honest. All these different um, social media sites, the Instagram, Facebook, I don't even know how to pronounce them properly, <laughs> the Instagram I call, uh, WhatsApp. They're taking over society. Kids, adults, everyone, everybody's at them. Guilty myself at times there, you know. Um, but should we start educating our children a little bit more around the, the dangers of social media, the dangers of putting pictures up of yourselves? Because there might be a story today, six months down the line, everybody knows about it. Say six months down the line, we forget about it. And somebody else comes along you know we need to i think it needs to be there needs to be more stuff around that well i i the only thing i was going to just add to that as well is that you know that so many of some you know some of the kids that i work with or, or some of the kids who who take things very literally as well you know there is there's a lot of positive um to assistive technology and to some of the apps that are out there um, but some of them are linked to, to social media and, and to, to the, you know, to the public. And, um, it's very, very hard to get across that you don't have to take some of these things literally. You don't have to copy that. It doesn't need to look like that. Um, so I definitely think there needs to be, um, some kind of education along those lines added into mm -hmm. the curriculum about the language that's used as well and what is, what is acceptable. Um, and what isn't acceptable. But I know you, you've probably been doing some... Well, well, I was just going to say, do yeah. I think it should be in the curriculum? Even at primary school, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It should yeah. be the fourth R. Yeah. Reading, writing, arithmetic, digital literacy, and online safety. Yeah. Because children are living out so much of their lives online, yeah. we have a duty of care towards mm. these kids that mm. we're preparing them adequately. You know, whether it's talking about respectful online communication or, you know, good netiquette or, you know, taking responsibility consequences. Netiquette, uh, I like that. Netiquette. Yeah. yeah, well, it's a word that we would use a lot because I think so many times, especially with cyberbullying incidents, we've come across, you know, children maybe said, one child said something to another kid that had they said it in the yard in passing, it, they'd have probably got away with it. You know, mm. it wouldn't have become a th big thing. There. It does not translate yeah. well. Yeah. And maybe a mean comment about somebody's hair, for example. Yeah. A throwaway line in a yard. Or if you use the wrong emoji at the end of your sentence, That's completely changes right. the context. Yeah. 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 in a public way. So if you're posting oh. it in a public way, say on the class group, right? And you've said something mean, it's there. It's hard to ignore. Mm. Then you got other kids jumping in, ban what we call oh, are you, band. Are you going to take that? And yeah, or yeah. or worse? Yeah, I agree. And then, yeah, but then yeah, you take sure. it back to the original kid, and you said, you know, maybe there's an incident, and you're trying to unravel it, and so somebody's been really upset by it. You, you know, the original kid may well say, and I've heard this said many times, but it was just a joke. Mm. And that's the right. challenge. And, you know, I didn't realize all these other people were going to come in and say, yeah. and it's like, but you have to take responsibility. It's not the same as me saying something to you yeah. uh, and you reading my intention and my tone and you're saying, okay, she's she's messing with me. I know that because I can see that. It's not the same. You can't, you know, yeah. like written type, it's, mm. it, it's 
it's there and it's hard yeah. to erase. And, and and we also say be be a, an upstander, not a bystander. So you know, mm-hmm. if you see all of this going on, you know, do do something about it. That standing by and just watching is not okay either. Yeah, or, but, you know, or slinging or, a bit of mud in as well. Or slinging oh, yeah. the mud or jumping on this bandwagon. We talk a lot about bandwagon. Well, that's yeah. and you know. Uh, uh, bystanders can make or break a bullying situation. Absolutely. Yeah, so so yeah. they can they can make it continue by doing nothing and yeah. by telling no one. Upstanders can break a bullying situation. So what we need to see, and there's so much evidence that this works, you know, where you encourage everybody in the school community to be upstanders, right. whether it's the the lady mm-hmm. at, at the lollipop lady or, you know, the, the person driving the school bus or whoever, everybody in that community is so clear on the, so on the bullying policy in that school, mm. you know, that upstanding is a really encouraged culture. Mm. It can make a huge mm. difference have in the bullying had, in that school. Have you had conversations with the Department of Education? So we've had lots of conversations with the likes of Webwise and and others who are doing some fantastic work and they, they come under the, uh, the aegis of the Department of Education. But it is tricky. I mean, yeah. they, you know, they, they, the department, they, they will say, you know, this is covered. It is covered. We do have content on, on online safety. And I suppose what we're saying is it just needs to be stronger. It needs to yeah. become a more co- core part of the school curriculum. Again, it's going back to that fourth R, the priority that we give yeah. to reading, writing, arithmetic and Irish in our curriculum. It needs to be sort and even sort mm-hmm. for it to be real. It yeah. needs to be. Right. It, it yeah. is a, li- a core life skill. If you think of we're growing up in the digital age, our kids are growing up in the digital age. So much of uh, of our lives are digitized, you know, whether it's banking or shopping or yeah. communications. And then in lockdown, all of that was exacerbated. We were working from home, learning from home, you know, but there has there is this other responsibility to ensure that we're all well equipped. And it's mm-hmm. not just children. Children are the, mo- the most vulnerable users, right. but it's not just children. I mean, it's older people as well. Ensuring that they can stay part of this digitized society. Well, a lot of the parents are always just say like, thank you so much. At the end of these kind of cyber-safe sessions that we do, they thank you so much. We didn't know so much of this information. Mm. You know, it's for many reasons, because so many parents are busy. They're busy trying to earn a living and, you know, provide. And and it's very, very hard to... Mm. Keep an eye, and it's the simple things. And I think mm. that's that's one of our objectives with our parents' talks mm. is is that we parents will walk away from those sessions with just even a couple of things they're going to do differently. You know, okay, my kid's all over TikTok. I'm going to really get Can't to grips with TikTok. Right. I'm going to really yeah. understand it and and start taking an interest in what they're posting, and maybe talk to them about what they're maybe posting. Maybe do a dance or two. Oh, yeah. you could do a dance <laughs> or two. But I'm going to first of all make sure that they're only sharing their videos with their friends. You know, yeah. like, and I'm going to check their friend list. You know, because especially. TikTok's hugely popular. Like you might have nine, 10 year olds younger, as we talked about earlier. You know, we need to keep an eye on what they're doing. And I think it, that's such an important message. And it's not about sitting next to them for 24 hours a day. That's not realistic for any parent, yeah. but make your life easier. Have them on their devices in the sort of family spaces, yeah. kitchen, living room, not up in their bedrooms behind shut doors mm. where you really are completely excluded mm. from what and they're doing. Things blow up yeah. on TikTok really quick. Does yeah. remember Shane, so- no, Shane Sullivan, yeah. a, a friend of ours from Nakdahini, he was on the podcast, but uh, he did a gender reveal, you know? Oh, yeah. And the thing had two million views in a couple right. of days on TikTok. He couldn't believe it. Oh yeah, yeah, two million. Like Jesus Christ! But things just blow up, and like when stuff goes out there, that can be very overwhelming. If what's out there, you don't like. Do you know oh, what I mean? God, if really? people see us, if two million yeah. people see a site you that you don't approve of, or that you don't like, like that can be very hard to come back from. Do you know? 
Absolutely. And I think we also have to be realistic. There's a lot of content out there we mm -hmm. wouldn't want our kids to see. You know, it's, pornography is pornography the big one. Is the well, big didn't one. the New Zealand government, they invested a ton yeah. of money into a very good A brilliant campaign. Yeah. yeah. So we're launching this campaign tomorrow. This is like a tiny drop in the ocean. What, yeah. we, what, we, what we'd love to emulate is this fantastic New Zealand government. And I, I emphasize it was the government that put it out What's there. What's the Prime Minister's name again? Uh, Jacinda Ahern. She's great. She? Yeah, yeah, she is great. But this is their initiative, which means they're putting loads of resources by it. But they produced four ads, right? And it's under this... Um, campaign name keep it real online and the first one has two porn stars walking up to a front door right and it's so it's done with humor which i think is essential right, right? it's an awkward topic they're totally addressing it head-on but using humor two porn stars walking up to the front door a woman opens the door with like a you know she's in her toweling wrap and yeah. her head in a towel and they're like son just looked us up online it is just so well done and he's only 11 and then the kid comes out carrying a breakfast bowl and then they're like hi sammy you know and uh, and it's like yeah he looks, he looks him up on your phone on the ipad on the game on the on the yeah. that's brilliant we just thought you'd let, we'd let you know and the, yeah. and the tagline is you know yeah because they were like we don't talk about stuff like consent or you know we just mm. thought you better you know and the end of it is okay we need to be realistic. Children are going to come across content that like this online. And therefore we as parents mm. and carers and educators, we have a responsibility to talk to kids so that this is not the, the you know, they're not learning, learning about sex education from, from pornography. Not, yeah. It would be like kids learning about healthy eating from fast food. You know, it's, we need that real balance so that yeah. kids are questioning everything yeah. that they come from. Is this real? Is this one-sided? Is this, you know, if misinformation? Get, yeah, is yeah. consent, did she consent to that? I you know, know, because we, we need, unfortunately, otherwise we've got kids growing up thinking a certain way about how things like are done. women need to be submissive, men need to be aggressive. Right. Do you know and what women that? need to look yeah. a certain way yeah. and accept certain things or men, it's okay to do this. So yeah, that it, pornography is probably the thing that scares me the most in lots mm. of ways because of what it, how it's shaping young minds yes. and what set expectations it's setting. You know, I have a nine-year-old son. I, I, I'm so conscious of that. And I, and I want to ensure that we have... What's the right of, age to talk about well, it though? I'll extend this. this I have a 10-year-old and I tried to, I subtly tried to talk to him about things like that because he does, he does have uh, ways to get onto the internet. You know, he's left a phone on the weekends, you know, and me and my wife work and he needs a phone for after school so we can contact mm -hmm. him, make sure he's okay or whatever. And, and he goes to his grandparents. You know, what is the right age to sit a child down? Would you be doing more damage at, at the age of 10? So because you can get they, softer off the phone, aren't you? You can, yeah, but like, what, like, I know, I know it's different. I know, the, I know, it, I know right it depends yeah. on the child as well, and all these different areas. You're, you're right. It but, does, yeah. Do you, do you know mean what? about porn or? Yeah, like, about porn and, yeah. and the constant stuff. Inappropriate you know? content. And yes. The, and the, so I think the key message, right? Like, I wouldn't be using the word like porn with a nine year old. Yeah. I certainly haven't with my son. Yeah. Like, but. My 12 year old daughter, I showed that ad yeah. to, you know, and, you know, she was like, Mom, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> but, but actually, I want to encourage this conversation. I don't want her to feel like she can't talk to me about embarrassing stuff and that I'm not going to freak out or that, you know, and I'm going to have to try really hard not to be kind of shocked or like, what? You know, so yeah. it, our reaction as parents is really important. Mm -hmm. We've got to encourage that we're trusted adults. Yeah. You know, anything that makes you feel uncomfortable, anything you want to talk to me about, I, I promise I'm not going to flip out. Talk to me first. 
we'll work it out together. That's such an yeah. important message. And we, we talk a lot about normalizing it. So, you know, when I, when we, when I do the parent training, it's sort of, you know, it talk about this on a daily basis, not necessarily about porn. Well, not porn with young no, kids. No, 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 but the difficult, <laughs> difficult situations, are, you know, that come up online. And if it becomes normal, it's not so difficult to talk about. Mm. If that makes sense. And yeah. also, I think there's Definitely, things that yeah. we can Definitely. talk about with young kids, yeah. right? Like we can right. talk about boundaries, mm. you know, like this is your boundary. This is their boundary. If they say, I don't like something, you have to respect that. You know, like if someone's coming up and punching you in the arm every time they pass you and you don't like it, it's your right to say, I don't like it, mm. you know, and that you have this boundary. And yeah. we I often talk about this invisible boundary. It's yours, you know, and if you say, I don't like it, that should be respected by the other mm. person. And then consent. If they say it's okay for you, you know, for them to walk past and punch them in the arm, that's different. Maybe it's a game you're playing. Mm. But consent is really important that yeah. you have. And it's like sharing somebody's photograph or, you know, again, have you asked them, is it okay with them that you're sharing this photograph of them? Because so often we're coming again, coming across situations where someone took a photo of someone else and it wasn't very nice. And yeah. then they posted yeah. it and then it got all these mean comments and so on. And it's, it's that thinking before you, you do, did you ask them, you know, like, such an important message so we can talk mm. about things like that with younger kids yeah and then when the time is right we need to you know obviously we're going to have the the, the birds and the bees talk yeah and we may need to extend that out to you know other things we might come across related to this topic and you know biggest thing you could say is, is it real question everything talk to me if you're confused talk to me if you're uncomfortable mm. You know, such a or if there's another trusted adult in their life, maybe it's not always easy to talk to. Right, an auntie. Uh, yeah, or an auntie. Or, 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 or sister. Exactly. Yeah. Would, you train, would you train youth workers? We do, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that, 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 that can be the adult that's not in the family right. exactly. and yeah. might be the one that yeah. be the well, most And that's exactly what we say. You might be the trusted adult. So I think there's yeah. definitely another podcast here on you. Don't the line when, when, when um, this initiative that you're at at the moment gets going, we definitely bring you back down the line and, and maybe talk a little bit more because... You can talk for hours about it. Hours yeah. and hours. What, one thing I wanted yeah. to say before we finish up, like it's great to have this uh, cyber safety for children, but I think adults need it as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I know well, I know two men, right? Yeah. And we don't we won't get into know because this could go off. Yeah. I know two men that got caught by people, um you know let's say if, if a man is not confident or um he doesn't perceive himself as being good looking or he's shy and yeah. he's not he doesn't get attention from women and next somebody direct messages him on Facebook Hey, do you want to chat? Blah, blah, blah. Before he knows it, he's masturbating in front of the camera. So is she. Then he gets screenshots of him masturbating. Send money to this account and I'm going to share this uh, with all yeah, 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 That yeah. happens all the time. Sextortion. The guards yep. were on Neil Prendival Radio in Cork here a few months ago talking about that, you know. People go into the guard station and they think, you know, do you think that that's an issue for children as well? Or is that specifically tell? Have you come across that for children? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I was I was talking to Timmy a lot, actually, about a story mm. that we have on our website, uh, Orla's story. And it was a young girl, and this is exactly what happened to her. And she literally, she was 11 when it started. And she told no one. For three years, she told no one. So she was living this nightmare, sharing material every day, because the threat was, if she didn't, if she didn't send nude images of herself or videos of herself doing stuff, that he would share it with everybody she knew. And she was so terrified by that, that she continued. So her parents didn't know her parents were sitting downstairs. She took the door handle off her door uh, to, to stop her parents walking in on her unannounced. She and she they thought, she literally thought she had no other options. Tragic, isn't it? Yeah. it is tragic. And there are kids 
going through that. And these are, you know, these are the most vulnerable. And we have to find a way to ensure that those kids have someone to talk to, mm. someone who can help them navigate through this and making it stop, essentially, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, it took th this child trying to take her own life for it to end. Mm. You know, like that's when it stopped because her mother then found out and yeah. then everything changed. But And as a trainer, our message is always, if you're worried about anything, concerned about anything, talk to a trusted adult. Yeah. Talk to a trusted adult. That is the yeah. big message mm -hmm. and, and share it even yeah. talk to anybody that you could adult but even a friend that you trust that could talk to an adult if you're not able to speak if to an adult able you know to. yeah so yeah. some kids will tell us for example they've talked to a sibling or mm. or a friend we've actually we surveyed kids uh, about this so we asked kids um, whether they'd seen stuff online that they wished they hadn't. So uh, maybe uh, bothered them or upset them or made them feel uncomfortable. And 25% of the children we surveyed, and it was almost 4,000 children aged between eight and 12, 25% of them said that they had seen something online, which is a lot yeah. you know, that, that made them feel uncomfortable, right? But of those children, what's more concerning to me is that nearly a third of those, those children hadn't told anybody. They'd kept it to themselves. Mm. We are, because that was our follow up question. Well, what did you do? Who did you tell? Yeah. So, most kids are telling parents. Over 50% had told a parent or a trusted adult. So, that is great and to be yeah. celebrated. But 30% had told no one. And that is a child in a vulnerable age category being exposed to, to stuff mm. online. Right. You can't, and this yeah. is something that we say to kids. You can't unsee it. Yeah. No, and I know it's easier for us as adults to come in and be saying, well, you really shouldn't be playing that game because mm. it's, you know, Grand Theft Auto, it's an over 18s game. So often we come across young kids yeah. playing these games and there's a lot of sexual content in, in those mm. games, violent content. And they'll be like, why, why, why? Yeah. You know, my, my, my dad said it's okay. Or, and it is a really difficult one yeah. to counter, right? And, but, but a message is, is we say is you can't unsee it. If there's things that you mm. come across online that you wish you hadn't seen, Take your innocence. But if an adult hasn't really, if they haven't spoke to an adult and the adult hasn't broken it down and explained it to them at, in, in really simple terms because the child doesn't understand it, they'll continue with the, with that vision or that and, and the feeling that comes with whatever they saw. It might be fear or shame or guilt. That'll continue and it'll fester into different areas yeah. of their life then as well, you know. And the adult might not but know yeah. how to. There's a, there was a very good um, survey done. Now, it's a few years ago. It was 2016 of children exposed to porn. So it was looking at 11 to 16-year-olds. So it didn't go younger than that because there's kind of obviously ethics involved. Yeah. But it was asking children whether they'd seen it. And about I think they surveyed about 1,000 kids and about half had. And it was really interesting. So half of that number had gone looking for it and the other half had stumbled across it, which is all too easy, right? If you yeah. don't have safe search enabled on your search yeah. engine, all too easy to come across. But it was the mixture of feelings that that evoked in the kids, guilt, shame, excitement, you know, all these different emotions, you know, yeah. and it's really important for us as adults to understand you know, these things and how it works and in order for us to 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 try and yeah. prevent it happening or prevent kids being exposed to this stuff. If people want to learn a bit more about what you do, where can they go? So we have a website, um, cybersafekids.ie. Um, we do talks and we go into schools. We have a couple of great trainers in Cork, including Georgie uh, and another trainer, yeah, yeah, Anne. Yeah. 
Um, and we do online as well. So, you know, there's really nowhere that we can't get to in one way or another. Brilliant. And we do parents talks and youth workers and all, all kinds yeah. of talks. Um, and then we also have great resources on our website. And plus this, uh, this short, uh, ad that's coming out tomorrow, which is coming out under the hashtag same rules apply. And again, that'll be on our website from tomorrow. And it's uh, cybersafekids.ie forward slash, um, same rules apply. Brilliant. And they'll be able to see the short video. Brilliant. Great Pleasure talking. Thank you so much, Alex and Johnny. Georgie Cooney thank you so much and um, myself and James have definitely been educated here so <laughs> I hope everybody that was listening yeah. and if there's any teachers youth workers or family yeah. parents um, in, interested in learning more they can contact you through the website or even through us yeah. and we can kind of link you together so, so thank, thank you so much and happy and Easter thank you, yeah. you thanks too. everyone God bless thank you. bye thank you. bye bye hold up what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.